0: Presentation Skills for Design Students, Episode 19. Hello and welcome back to Presentation Skills for Design Students, the podcast dedicated to helping design students everywhere become confident, creative communicators. My name's Christina Canters, and I'm here to help you speak with confidence create compelling presentations and communicate your ideas like a ninja. So get ready to take your next presentation to a whole new level. Hi everyone and welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. You are going to love this week's episode. It's chock-a-block full of really, really good stuff. I'm interviewing Shah Turner. who's a landscape architect and who runs the 30 Foot Gorilla Podcast. I'll talk a little bit more about that later. But first off, I just have a quick announcement. I received a tweet the other day from Arpit Daniel Das, and he asked me if I blog about presentation tips. Now, I will be posting some blog posts up on the website uh, at designdrawspeak.com, but I tweeted Arpit back and I told him about the Speak Studio because all the people who have joined the Speak Studio from, from the Design Draw Speak website, they receive presentation tips every week that, that I write. So that's, so that's just exclusive content for the people who have signed up to join the Speak Studio. So if you're like Arpit Daniel Das and you were wondering if I, if, if I write any blog posts about presentation tips, you can join the Speak Studio and you can get more helpful and inspirational little presentation tips and tricks delivered straight to your inbox. So you can just go to designdrawspeak.com slash studio and that will take you straight to a page where you can join up there if that's what you would be interested in. Again, that's designdrawspeak.com slash studio. Okay, moving on to this week's story from studio. And this week it is from Ulysses V, who if you tuned in last week, you may know I actually interviewed him for episode 18 last week. He has so many stories to share. So I just had to ask if he could share a story for this week's episode. So here is Ulysses
1: in my final year of university i signed up for a mentorship program that the university sponsored and i got connected luckily with somebody in in the architecture profession and he wanted to see my portfolio and i was really harsh on myself uh, as a designer i think everybody gets gets everybody is their best uh self critic and for me when i was presenting my work to him he was tough I was just bashing my work. I'm like, I'm not happy about this. This rendering sucks. Um, this isn't my favorite image and, and drawing. And and he stopped me halfway while I'm presenting my uh, portfolio. And I think he even wanted me to start all over again. And the best thing that he told me is, when you're an architect and you're going to have to present your design to the public, you can't keep you know bashing your own design. You have to learn how to sell it and you can't just, you know, point out the flaws, you're going to have to be a little bit more confident than that. So you so that kind of helped me eventually learn how to uh, present my projects on my portfolio to prospective employers, and they will give you some mercy for making mistakes, especially if you're a new student. Uh, But um, for me, I had to learn how to, you know, sell my design. So I think that was one of the you know, changing moments as an architecture student. You have to learn how to be confident in presenting your work, even if you have some mistakes. It's never going to be perfect.
0: Selling your idea. Mm-hmm. I think it's something that we can all improve on. That's a really great lesson there. So thank you so much to Ulysses for sharing his story with us. Now, you know I like hearing all your stories. So if you would like to share your story or your own presentation tips with me and with all the other listeners, just go to designdrawspeak.com slash story. Okay, now it's time to welcome this week's special guest. And it's the 30-foot gorilla man himself, Shah Turner. Now, Shah is a landscape architect and he's also tutored landscape architecture at RMIT University in Melbourne. And he runs the he runs the Thirty Foot Gorilla Podcast, which is all about helping designers set up their own businesses. Now Shah is well aware that to be a good business person, good communication skills are critical. So I was very excited to chat with him and I'm I'm really pleased that I'm able to share his stories and advice with you today. So we talk about Really interesting ways to really connect with your audience and to build that rapport with them and if you stay tuned till the end, Shah has an excellent piece of advice for design students who may be feeling maybe a bit lost in where, in where they fit in in the design profession or or for students who feel like they, they need to be good at everything and and to please everyone he's got He's got some great advice that I really wish I had when I was studying so. I think you may also find it really helpful and also just a bit reassuring. So, without further ado, let's get to the interview with the very lovely Shah Turner. Shah Turner, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: Now, you have your own podcast as well, which is quite cool, mm-hmm. and uh, it's called 30 Foot Gorilla. That's a bit of an odd name. Can you can you share with us what it's all about?
2: <laughs> really, I can, I can absolutely. It's a pretty bizarre name, isn't it? When you think about it, um, it's actually a, a, something to do with like growing something big and doing something amazing. The true story behind um, the name Thirty Foot Gorilla is I was giving someone a bit of a hand with um, their idea for a, a New Year's Eve party. And one of the things we were doing, it was like a, this jungle-themed party and we were trying to work out a way, how can we make a real impact, a real statement so that when people turned up to this party, they were like, wow, we're here, like we've arrived. Anyway, so I was online Googling um, all sorts of things and I came across this website which is called Alibaba. And Alibaba, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's where you can actually purchase a whole bunch of stuff in bulk from, directly from manufacturers in China. And one of the things I came across while I was looking at this was this giant inflatable gorilla. You know, like a jumping castle?
0: Wow. Did you have to buy buy like 500 of them?
2: No. Well, this is the thing. (laughs) What you can do is just say, I just need a sample um, because I was thinking about buying 500. Anyway, (laughs) cut a very long story short. I never got that giant inflatable gorilla for this party but it kind of stuck with me as it, as I, I love the kind of beauty of of taking this massive kind of crumpled up mass of plasticky black stuff and that you could kind of breathe life into this thing and it would become something much bigger than what you ever expected it to be. And I think that's part of the thing that I'm doing with the this project which I've named 34 Gorilla is about taking um, designers and helping them to grow something really big and something really special. The last thing I want to see is another person who is just so brilliant and so talented falling to the wayside because they couldn't make ends meet because they didn't have an understanding about business. And that's really what my project, 30 Foot Gorilla, and the 30 Foot Gorilla podcast are really all about.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I think it's a really, really great resource for designers and for anyone who is listening, who's still studying and they do plan on starting their own practice one day, I definitely recommend that you go check out Shah's podcast. So, and I'll, I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Now, you've also taught at universities, is that correct?
2: Yeah, that's right. I, I kind of finished up, I went to RMIT in Melbourne um, years ago. I think I finished up there in about oh, 2004. And I guess it was kind of a little bit of a follow on thing because I did my um major thesis project there, and I became you know, developed quite good rapport with the with the other lecturers and that kind of thing. I was actually one of the sort of annoying mature age students that was there always asking questions when it's time to go um and that kind of thing and um yeah so I, I actually started being sort of a tutor and at times also a sessional lecturer in the um uh in landscape architecture
0: okay. Going now, just sticking with that for a second.
2: Mm.
0: You know how on the podcast well I don't oh, I don't know if you know, but I like to ask all my interviewees about the two things. Have you heard about the two things?
2: <laughs> yeah, I have I, I remember about the two things. Can you just remind me of what they okay, are? Right
0: so the, now, <laughs> it's based yeah, based on. on the idea that any subject or topic can be summed up in just two things. And mm-hmm. any anything else is just is either an application of those two things, or it's just not important. Now, I did I did a um, a little exercise with a bunch of Melbourne University students, architecture students, the other week, and I got them to write down their two things about a few topics, and one of them was beards. And one of the responses <laughs> I got one of the responses I got was one: if you can't grow one, you don't need it, and two: if you can, you do. And I thought that was quite funny. That's
2: really succinct, isn't it? Yeah. True. So that's exactly
0: what the two things is all about. So one thing I would like to ask you, Shah, what are the two things about guest critics?
2: Okay. The first thing about guest critics, absolutely, is that they are really genuinely interested in what you have to say. That's the first thing. Really? And Yeah. That's the first thing. So
0: many the of them look so th- bored.
2: I know, don't they? <laughs> and I think that's the, the reason why they look so bored is probably because of what I'm thinking is the second thing is guest critics are people too. It's really difficult for any two people who have just met for the first time and in the short space space of time that you have available to you when you're making a presentation for you to immediately feel like a connection with each other, you know, like a personal connection. And so that's what I think that's the other thing is, uh, the second thing is is that recognizing that you're both people too. And I rec- I personally believe that all people can find a way to get along with each other. Um, so I would think that the second thing is definitely that um, if you're able to engage with someone as a person first before any of the other stuff, before all like your amazing theories and all the stuff you discovered about the site and, and, and your solution for the problem that's at hand, is just finding that little bit of a connection first. And then I really think that you bring those two things together. One is that they really want to know about what you've got to say and second is that they're really looking at you and thinking of you as another and you're connecting with each other as people. And I think that's really important.
0: So, how would you go about establishing that connection before you actually get into your talk?
2: Well, that's really that's interesting that you ask that because that is something which I um, have found is is absolutely part of the process, which I think that that everybody um, it's worth considering for everybody to kind of do. There's a couple of things that go on. First of all, whenever we meet new people, and the first of that. Is actually just getting used to what each other look like, and what each other sound like. And in fact, if you come out a little bit too early with the content and the and the, and the real um, nitty gritty of 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 what it is that you're talking about, you actually miss that first really important phase, which is just the kind of like, I guess, kind sort of sizing each other up, sussing each other out, kind of. Um, seeing, getting used to the person's facial features, the way that their mouth moves when they talk, the kind of intonation that they have and that that sort of thing. And I guess kind of pushing past that, there's an important sort of initial getting to know you. Um, I I kind of think of it as kind of a psychological thing in the the initial stage um, of getting to know each other really quickly. um, That's really important for them to then feel comfortable and to be receptive about what it is that you're actually going to be saying to them. So there's a few ways that I've done this in the past and this has come from my experience actually of while I was studying um, and I was working um, for a local nursery in Fitzroy and I went from being the guy that was carting the pots around and bags of potting mix and stuff through to the guy who was then doing garden maintenance and then eventually because I was studying landscape architecture, I started getting the opportunity to go into people's homes. And talk to the people who live there about the kinds of things they'd like to achieve in that space. Now, here's a really interesting and weird thing. I'm a six foot four guy who's now inside your house talking to you about what you'd like to do in your garden. That's a kind of really sudden um, social circumstance to find yourself in. And I found that what I have needed to do is, um, and I, found, I worked this out really, really quickly, is how do I make this other person really feel quite comfortable with me being in their space? And so I'd do things like I'd look around the place and I'd find something nice to comment on like, oh, that's a really great painting. Where did you get that from? Or what made you choose that thing? Or I love the flaws in here. You know, like if you you compliment people, it kind of breaks the ice a little bit. If you find something yourself, like if you take it upon your own shoulders to find something for you to talk about and chit-chat about, you kind of get through that initial phase I was talking about before where you're getting used to each other's appearance, you're getting used to each other the way that you're sort of speaking and that kind of thing, an icebreaker, I suppose. Mm. And so I sort of think the same thing applies when, uh, and I, I found this a uh, time and time again, the same thing applies when you're in that presentation room. You know, you're you're there, you've got your panels up on the wall and there's these people sitting in a row there. God, it's such a like... Tense and bizarre kind of um those nerves, you know, at the start. How can you just like take a moment to um, make each other feel comfortable? And so, one of the things, as I was saying, about like com- com- uh, complementing some of the features inside someone's home that I might take into the uh, presentation scenario at uni is to sort of say, Hey, that's a really great, um, you know, I really love that top that you're wearing. Like, where did you get that? I, I really love horses and it's got like horses all over. That's so cool. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, little. I mean, in some sense, you don't want to overdo it, do you? I mean, don't want to kind of come across as a bit. That could be taken a bit creepy if you kind of do it, in, you know, in the wrong way. Um, yes. Oh, you could do so something. So I think that's what
0: you could also do something like ask them, you know, how 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 are you going? Have you been to many other presentations today already? You know, what what do you think of the standard? How's it how's it all going? Just just asking yeah. them about yeah. their day and or you know what they. What they enjoy to do, you know. Do you come to many yeah, of these things?
2: Exactly, and I, I think then, so that, so that's one thing, and that, and that's a sort of thing which you might do with like your own friends. You know, there's that. If you've got some absolutely massive news and you just can't wait to tell them, obviously you probably dive right into it. But usually you'll, you'll observe yourself, like that first moment when you're, um, you know, meeting up with some friends or something somewhere. You kind of had that little initial general kind of chit chat. Let's all settle into this next scenario. Uh, this little um, these circumstances kind of um, discussion that kind of um, precedes what you then kind of get into as you hang out and another thing that you can do as well is look at um, how is the how is the audience positioned or in particular the critics but generally the the audience generally how are they positioned in relation to what's a comfortable um, sort of sense of intimacy or whatever that you have with your audience um, before you start. So another thing that can demonstrate confidence between you and the people that you're speaking to um, and also um, I suppose another kind of icebreaker thing is to make sure that people are actually physically sitting in a place which makes you feel comfortable to talk with them I'm a massive storyteller, so I would often say to people, you know, like, don't be shy. Like, I'd really love it if, can you just move in? Can I just get you to just, can you, yeah, is that okay? Can you just, yeah, can you just come this way a little bit? And if you can kind of move over this way a little bit. I just really want to make sure you guys can all see what's on the board behind me. I don't want to be standing in front of it and stuff for you. And, you know, those kinds of things in the initial bit. And what's great about that as well is it kind of, you're actually stealing a bit of time, you know. Like, because you don't have that much time to do these presentations, you can kind of use this this initial bit to help people get used to you, get used to like, oh, look, his mouth moves kind of weirdly when he says s, you know, <laughs> um, you know, and get them in, get them used to your voice, get them used to your appearance and your mannerism, and then start to get into your presentation.
0: And you know what? I just I just realised this. That would also help you. Because if you are just spending the first, even 30 seconds, just saying, hey, everyone, can you just move in, blah, 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 you're, you're using your voice and you're actually getting your own voice warmed up before your presentation. Because if if you're just silent and you don't, you're not saying anything and you're just sitting there watching other people and just going and thinking in your head, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I'm so nervous, so nervous. And then you get up there and you try and be all articulated and, and deliver this really nicely planned speech. You're going to be feeling really rusty from not actually saying anything. Mm. So I think that's a really great way to actually get yourself warmed up before your presentation yep. and get yourself you know used what? to speaking.
2: Yeah. Do you know what about the? And this isn't right for everyone because I think that there's, you know, if you take your work, you can, if you take your work seriously and if you value the kind of thing that you you spent all this time doing, there's certainly a place for being the very articulate, well-presented person. Sometimes I find that perhaps that might kind of hold you back a little bit from being able to demonstrate how passionate you are about your subject as well. And I I suppose most people don't have too much trouble in kind of, I guess what the point I'm saying is um, there's a certain element in all of this of what I'm um, kind of wanting to offer here about being yourself. Mm. And being yourself is such an important part of, you know, if, if you are, closer to to yourself and your own personality and the reasons why you've come to the conclusions that you have with your project, you know, it really helps everything to sort of seamlessly fit together for your personality sh- to shine through your work. I mean, at the end of the day, um, all of these projects are being done by people and they're all people's interpretation and understanding of a certain um, set of circumstances based on their experiences in the world. And so you don't really... I, you know, I sort of think there's no real need to kind of pretend to be that person that you think you're supposed to be that's presenting this thing when really it's you that's come up with these brilliant solutions you know, all along.
0: Mm. And because if you're not authentic, people can sniff that out straight away. They oh, can tell totally. if you're not being yourself. And being yourself yeah, is the- also going to help your audience feel more comfortable as well because if, yeah. if, you, if you be yourself, that, that's going to make you more comfortable which then makes your audience more comfortable.
2: Totally. Absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more on that.
0: That's really cool. So a, a way that, uh, you know, a way of, of being really authentic and, and putting your unique spin on it is to tell stories. And you yep. said so yourself that you like telling stories, what sort of stories would you, um, share with your audience in a presentation? Oh,
2: just like me personally is actually quite Random stories, Um, and you know what? This isn't just me. You know the. um, I mean, I'm sure everyone's really familiar with like those TED talks. Yes, you see a lot of people that are uh, presenters at um, TEDx also doing the same thing. It's a very it's it's a it's a technique on the one hand in terms of like as I said before, helping people to acclimatize to your voice and your mannerism. It's a way to um, allow some of your personality to kind of come through, you know, this typical TEDx formula starts off with, like, tell people like a bit of a story, then you're going to tell them what you're going to tell them about, then you tell them what you're going to tell them, and then you tell them what you told them. And But the the story idea kind of precedes all this. So I would always, if I, um, thinking back to some of the presentations that I've done before, I would try and pick a story which is related to the subject matter of my project, but in a more kind of day-to-day context. So let's take, for example, let's say, for example, um, I was looking at a project which was addressing the public space, which is um, on Swanston Street outside QV. So for people who aren't from Melbourne listening to this, this is like a real central inner city location, almost a precinct these days. Let's say I was doing this project which was out for out the front of QV. So I might start off my story with you know just saying something like you know I was just down at um QV having my lunch today and they've got this amazing new Mexican place and they've doing these new tacos which have got duck on them. I don't know if you guys have have you guys is anyone here been to that you haven't are oh, you have? Yeah. How good is it? It's so uh, isn't it delicious? I know and they give you that sauce and everything. Actually I I kind of <laughs> I kind of spilled some of that. Someone bumped me, and I nearly um, spilled some of that. So I nearly brought you guys all like a sample of that. Um, it, luckily, I didn't have to do that. But if, if you get a chance to go down there, um, it's really great down there. Some of the some of the things that they've got um, happening in that central area there, it's really really helping people to kind of interact. Anyway, so so just on that, what I, you know, this really interests me. So that this uh, what's happening down there, and then you kind of that's maybe kind of a bit of a segue into being able to introduce that area. Can you see how that, what I'm kind of getting at there? Yeah,
0: and it gets people to get engaged as well with you because then they start thinking, oh yeah I went to QV the other day, oh yeah oh next time I go there maybe I'll try that Mexican place
2: Exactly right. So it's cementing that in their mind Yeah, maybe the Mexican place has got absolutely stuff all to do with your project right? Fact, maybe (laughs) but the idea is like it's in the vicinity of and you're finding a way that is going to help people connect with place or connect with the project through what I would just call like sort of personal or people or humanistic kind of circumstances. People all go out to eat. So that's something which we know that everybody shares. And so that's what makes a great story as an opener.
0: Yes. That's a really good piece of advice there, Shah. Hey, I just want to know, what what did you struggle with as a student when giving presentations?
2: (laughs) I love this question. One of the things that I really struggled with it's basically falling into this trap of starting from the very beginning of your experience about your project. So right. if I was to put that into a sentence, I bet you so many of you out there have heard this one. When somebody stands up, and I kick myself if I ever did this, but when you stand up and you go, when I first got down to the site the first thing I noticed was blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I don't care. It's just so boring. I don't want to know about your whole history of your life with this, you know, like when you first got down to the site. That's the thing that I, I personally struggled with for so long and, it, and I guess the, if I was to looking back now and distilling it down, it's about avoiding getting to the real crux of what it is that you're talking about. And it's this sort of – in a sense, it's almost like the storytelling thing that I was alluding to before but in a much more kind of boring fashion. People are there to find out what are you here to offer us? Mm. What's the amazing thing that you have discovered that happens in the world, whether it's a problem or whether it's an amazing existing set of circumstances and what are you doing about that? So one of the things that just um, that I struggled with the most was – in myself or listening to other people present was this long and dawdling winding road towards getting to what we're talking about. People love to get straight to the point. Tell us the amazing thing that you've discovered. Give us a little of a brief taster of it. And then now let's go into the, your thought process and your solution and everything that's kind of behind that. Um, There's no real need as opposed to go into massive detail about each and every um, set of circumstances around your solution but certainly come out with a really punchy thing and say, hey, if we all do this, this is going to happen and here's one example of that in action that I've done myself and I'm going to talk to you about that one thing in detail. I've also got a whole bag of other examples back here if you want to know about those later, we can talk about those at question time
0: yeah so that that's like leading with your passion, isn't it
2: yeah absolutely I think people you know I think that um I, I, again it comes down to like being yourself sometimes we can worry so much that what we're saying is like not the right answer or not what we should be saying, but I think it's so important, and one of the one of the things that I love and I admire so much about watching people who are still studying in in that amazing creative environment at university is just like this passion that comes out where they really can see and feel how things in the world could be better and how they can change things to be for the better and how they've noticed stuff because they're so observant because they're not so caught up in working some nine to five job yet. Like they have the opportunity to really look at what's going on. And I don't think you ever need to be afraid of that. You don't ever have to come out and kind of pretend already like you're the boring nine-to-fiver who's got to have all the right answers in a really succinct fashion. I reckon just go for it. If you've seen something that's amazing and you really feel that that's an important thing, I think you can help other people to see and feel that with you. Um, there's no need to kind of, yeah, I suppose be really kind of, I, I guess, again, I pull it back to pull it back to where I sort of keep getting back to, which is like kind of pretending to be what you think you're supposed to be. I think that's the last thing you need to do. You need to speak from the heart, call it how you see it, and don't be afraid And that I think people feel your passion. It's exactly the same scenario as when you're just talking to a bunch of your mates. You're, you don't hold back. You're happy to scream and shout and say like, this is what I reckon it is and everyone else is you know, this or that or whatever. Um, they don't get it and this is what's really going on. You know, I have I have no qualms at all in in um, encouraging people um, to allow that side of themselves to come out in their presentations.
0: I love that. It's so inspiring. It's really really great. That's something that I really try and promote on on the podcast is to yeah just really think about why you're doing this. What do you love about architecture or landscape or fashion? Or yes, whatever it is you're studying, and really let that shine through in your presentation. And I I think I've heard I heard somewhere that Passion is the only thing that sells anything, so if you want to get people to buy into what you're saying and really um catch on to your idea and and believe in what you've got to offer show them show them why show them why you're so passionate about it
2: absolutely and do you know what if I can just add here. The reason why I absolutely passionately agree with what you've just been saying, and the reason is this, and this, this—if if you don't mind—like this kind of ties in a little bit with where I'm kind of coming from in my own journey and with my own project that that I've got going on with the Thirty Foot Gorilla Podcast. The the world is changing. The the world has changed. The world is continuing to change. And one of the things, Christina, that I think is that. Later on, when you get through your coursework and when you get out and emerge into the world and you, there's nowhere to hide, I suppose, anymore and, and you're faced with it, I really believe that the whole model and the whole way that that we are going about things as, as time moves on is changing. I... Honestly, believe that the idea of having a huge architectural firm or design agency that has a a massive floor with lots of people at desks all working on these big projects, I think that's all changing. I think that as time goes on, people are going to be working in smaller and smaller groups. They're going to be individuals like freelancers and they're going to team up and collaborate with other freelancers on projects, on a project by project, skills needed, Kind of attitude towards certain things basis. So it's really important that you understand where you fit and what you think because when the time comes and you're working on that amazing new sort of Fed Square type project and you've got your own take on how public life should be or the new massive skyscraper commercial building and you've got your own take on what, um, a huge um, architectural masterpiece kind of needs to be that represents what it is to be commerce in a capitalist society or whatever. If you've got your own take on those things, people will gravitate towards you because of that. It's the people who are sort of mediocre, sitting on the fence, not really wanting to commit or make a real statement about who they are and what they believe in. Those people are going to be left by the wayside. And I feel at the moment, those people are the ones that are working in these huge firms with lots of People everywhere, and like you know, big sort of um, shop floors with team leaders and all that kind of thing. That whole model is going to be redundant in the future. That's my personal opinion. So I think it's that makes it even more important to start to cultivate really what do you believe in, what is your, I suppose, let's call it brand of architecture or brand of design, uh, and I think stick with that um, because it will definitely serve you well um, in the future once you're out of there.
0: Well, I hope you're all really inspired, everyone. Everyone listening, don't be afraid yeah. to be yourself and be your totally. own brand essentially and and stand up for for what you believe in. That's so absolutely. cool. Absolutely. Oh man, I do could it. talk I could talk about this all day. Yeah. But we oh, no, we we do have to wrap up the uh the the interview though, Sha. Um but thank you so much for for joining me on the podcast. It's been absolutely amazing. You've offered some really really great nuggets of advice and I hope everyone is- listening takes that on
2: board. That is my pleasure and you keep up the good work. You're doing a great thing and I'm sure and I know that you're helping so many people. Keep it up.
0: Thanks. Well, just, just quickly before you do go, where can people find you if they want to get in touch with you?
2: Oh, okay. Um, yep, that's easy. Just head over to 30 is in the number, 30footgorilla.com. Okay. Check it out there.
0: And can mm. they find you in iTunes?
2: You can find me. Yeah, you can find me on iTunes. You can find me on Stitcher, and you can find me um, on the website. I also have a Facebook page, which is Facebook slash Thirty Foot Gorilla. And anyone who'd like to email me, anyone who'd like to be involved, um, yeah, give me a yell. Love to hear from you.
0: Isn't he lovely? He's got so much good stuff to share. I'm so glad he was able to join me on the podcast. And I really hope you got something out of it as well. Be sure to check out his website, 30footgorilla.com. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. And that brings us to the end of episode 19. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a real pleasure. I hope you've enjoyed it. Now, remember, if you want to receive weekly tips on how to become a presentation ninja and really hone those skills... Join the other awesome members of the Speak Studio and just go to designdrawspeak.com slash studio. It's free and easy. I hope you have a fabulous week. Take care. And until next time, this has been Presentation Skills for Design Students, helping you become a confident, creative communicator.